Welcome to the Ruchi Strengthcast. Dan and Paul are the owners of one of the largest powerlifting gyms in the world, Ruchi's Gym, and are experienced powerlifting coaches. Join them as they discuss and debate all things powerlifting and strength training with some fun stuff thrown in. For more information, visit ruchisgym.com. Good morning, Paulie. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning to all our listeners <laughs> out there. Good morning, everybody. Episode number seven. Wow. Awesome. We are chewing through these episodes. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Okay. Good question. Well, first of all, maybe uh, let's let everyone know sort of what's been happening over the last couple of weeks here at Ruchi's. Cool. Um, we have our nationals team pretty much into the main part of their preps now, to their specific preparatory phases. So the yeah, reps come on. Last night in, in the gym yes. was absolutely awesome. So many people in the gym, great, great buzz. Yeah, look, it's always a lot buzzier when the final preparations of yeah. the comps start to come around because we start to work together a lot more. Um, yeah, last night was awesome. We had a whole bunch uh, squatting last night. We've got the whiteboard down there now as we normally do for comp reps with everyone's names and their lifts for the week so everyone can have a bit of a window as to what's happening yeah, with everyone. Other people's training. Yeah. Yeah, and also helps obviously when we're squatting, we can see what weights everyone is uh, is working with and, and pin heights and stuff like that. So it makes it a lot easier. But yeah, comp preps are always very exciting in the gym. Yeah, man. yeah. I think having such a large team for nationals this year um, has has you know it sort of stepped up the, the atmosphere in here again as well. Which of is course, awesome. well, the more people that uh, get involved, the uh, you know the more exciting things are going to be. I mean, if you just f- flash back to um, when we had our first gym. And we had, which uh, was you know, amazing. We had one mono, and we had probably at one point. I remember having at least twenty people working in on the same mono in a session. Yeah, that was crazy, but it was exciting. It was things very moved exciting. real quickly. Yep. and someone was always squatting, and it was just a great vibe. Yeah, it was. Obviously, that was great yeah. times. Obviously, we have a lot bigger gym now and a lot more equipment, so sometimes ten things can tend to be a little bit more spaced out. But um, normally around comp time. You know, people also like to use the center mono. Yeah. There's, you know, a bit more space around there as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, sort of warm up at the back, do your main sets at the front. Yeah. It's awesome. No, nah, it's awesome. So last night was it was good. We normally train, sort of have a few different training groups. Like we have the Monday night, Wednesday night, and the Saturday morning. Yep. They're the main kind of times uh, for, for the main training groups. Yeah. I mean, um, I, my, my guys and girls will be squatting either on the Wednesday evening or the Saturday morning. Yes, I've got a lot of my crew on Monday night, um, and then a couple of them I work with during the week as well because they can't make night times. That's you know, fair enough. Obviously, uh, other responsibilities and such. But no, the team's going really well. 20 from Rucci's gym, um, and we've got a couple of our coaching clients as well, but 30 from WA in total, which is awesome. Awesome. Really looking uh, what forward to I that. I wouldn't mind saying as well is that in a few weeks, on the 12th of May, we have the APU Perth Open. Yes, um, which is we've received a, a fantastic um, support for. We've ended up with 34 participants. Not bad considering we were thinking about canning the event due well, to lack of numbers. Look, I mean, let, let's be real. I did cancel it. Uh, we we did just indeed. did not have the numbers, and then you know, overwhelming response had me, um, you know, put the comp back on the table, and suddenly, you know, everyone got behind it. So thank you to everyone who got behind the AP Perth Open this year. Um, it's going to be another amazing event. It's going to be a, a great um, 
precursor, I suppose, to the state championships. Absolutely. And then nationals, um, open classic nationals, which will be held here from November 8th to 10. That is going to be awesome. Looking yes. forward to that. Yeah, look, guys, I guess uh, a small moral of the story there is if when the events are up and available for registration, try and get your registrations in as early as possible, only because it allows us to get a gauge on how big the event is going to be and plan for it. If you wait until the last minute, um, like what happened with this particular meet... It's very difficult to plan. We only had eight lifters registered, um, and, and that's not really that easy, or it's not really... Um, sustainable like it's how do we run a, a meet and set up a whole gym and a whole weekend for eight lifters it's very difficult yeah. we'd love to yeah but it's unfortunately not a scalable um, yeah it makes it pretty hard so um, it's good that we've got 34 what was the, what's the biggest meet so far here I Paulie? actually think if the entire 34 show up it will be the biggest APU meet that we've had here in the and th this will also be the third or the, sorry the fourth APU meet that we will have had here nice um, we just had the WA Cup um, earlier in the year and then we're going to have states, and then we're going to have nationals. So I think states, year. you're really going to get some numbers. States are going to be, will be huge. I'll be surprised if you don't fill a day of lifting. I think you should you should get around 60 lifters. I, I think, I think so. Yeah, I think and that would will. be the biggest, by far, um, APU meet probably in Australia to date. What's the biggest APU? Oh, apart from last year's nationals. Yeah, apart from nationals. Um, it's entirely possible that so, sort of the 60 lifters would be the biggest local Yep. Me in Australia today. Awesome. Uh, if we get those numbers, but I think we will. Well, based on the sort of feedback and sort of, you know, the numbers you've had in, in the um, the, the meet earlier in the year and this one, yes. I, I think you'll get it. And I think a lot of people are waiting off for the state championships because it is the main qualifying. Well, everybody event. knows that to make the state team, you must compete in the state championships. Yes. So there are some caveats to that, but the problem is it's not black and white so my recommendation is to you must do the state championships if you want any chance at uh, making the, this the cup for the state team mm -hmm. and that's really what it comes down to yep so that's why i think that the states will be a much bigger comp than we've seen locally absolutely looking yeah. forward to that one yeah um look there's some other uh, there's lots of going on here at Rucha gym as always um but let's sort of get into the main reason why we are here today and that is to discuss two things the first being the kern us open which was on last weekend awesome. in particular we're going to talk about the australian lifters and maybe some of the um you know some of the feats of strength that occurred during the meet um how many australians did we have i'm pretty sure there was four australians all females this year wow, awesome and we're also going to briefly talk about West Side versus the World, the movie premiere or the, the movie that is actually coming out on iTunes on May, May the 7th. 7th. Snap. We do have a screening here in Perth this Thursday, May the 2nd, and we still have tickets available, but we'll get to that a bit later on. First of all, Paulie, let's talk about the Kern US Open. What are some initial thoughts on the meet? Um, yeah, let's just sort of start there and then we'll sort of head into some of the performances. Well, I mean, I had I had quite a busy weekend outside of, of that, but I did manage to I didn't watch any of the live footage, but I you know sort of did you know watch some of the social media footage that did come through, and, and I mean really there were some redonkulous lifts, you know, a 56 kilo girl squatting 260 kilos, for example, um, and our very own Michelle doing very well as well, you know, just shy seven and a half kilos off her all-time personal best. Yeah. So I we'll think, get to you know, for the traveling, I think she did very well. Absolutely. Look, the meet, the first thing that comes to mind, and only because this was an issue last year, was that platform. 
Yeah, look, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> but, um, We're allowed to. You know, the, it, it, it did appear that they did fix it on day two. Um, I'm not really sure what caused the issue on day one. Perhaps the heavy weights somehow bowed the wood. Yeah, not um, too sure. Uh, but but yeah, look, if you look at all I mean, the when you look at Yuri, for example, deadlifting. <laughs> or Dr. Deadlift. You know, I mean, it looks more like a springboard contest than a, than a deadlift one. Yeah. Um, but they did very well to pull those numbers off of, let's just say, an unstable A sub-optimal. Yeah. Um, but props to Kern for fixing it for day two. It, it appeared on day two it wasn't an issue. I didn't see much footage. Yeah, nothing stood yeah. out. No, I, I think day two, it was yeah. pretty I mean, much Day resolved. one, it was really moving around. But look, I guess, you know, I mean, we could probably do a whole podcast on this, and that is competitions, um, sort of minimum requirements, some of the things that meet directors or, or even lifters should be looking out for. You know, what actually makes a good competition? And sometimes some of the smaller things that are taken for granted are often overlooked. Like a platform. Like a platform, you know. Overall, a fantastic meet in terms of quality of lifters. And the meet itself was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I really liked the look of it, the red and the black theme. You know, I like the, you know, the logo. Yeah, and everything. I, yep. I kind of like the look and feel. Yep. But when you look at all the social media posts, the first thing that comes up is the platform. Well, one of the problems was that every time, you know, there's a video of Yuri and you don't see like props to Yuri in the video. You see people dragging no. down the meet talking about the platform i know so, yeah. so it kind of takes it kind of takes yeah. the buzz off the meat a little bit but yeah. the meat itself was good i woke up um on the monday morning to watch michelle squats because i coach michelle um and you know it was a pretty good feed Squatted a pb she did indeed the quality of the great. feed was good you could see everything there was a couple of video a- uh, camera angles that had a roaming camera as well so they went back into the warmer area so we got to see a bit of the warm area action they had enough information i on want the a roaming camera we have discussed the roaming camera. Not sure how we would do it just due to our setup. We'd have to probably make some modifications to our um, yeah, broadcasting capability. Yeah. But it was pretty good, man. Like, I enjoyed yeah. it. Like, I got to see what I got to see. You got to see all the stats, who was on the platform. Did they have a commentator? They did have yeah, a they did have a, during they, the they did have a commentator, and yeah. they, had, they had two guys on there. They weren't too bad. Um, but, yeah, look, man, it, it's fantastic, man, because it obviously gives people who can't make it to the actual event the opportunity to watch. So now my question is... If you compare it to last year, was it an improved meet? Did they step forward? Did they sort of just tread water or did they go backwards? Look, I'm going to say they kind of treaded water. Yep. Um, I think you'll find that the numbers this year were a lot less. The prize money was less. The pool was significantly less. It was, a, it was by an order of magnitude, was it not? From memory, it's still a decent prize purse. Yes. Um, oh, the initial price purse was over the top, possibly was, you know for the first, the first one, like quarter of a million dollars or something. Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> I mean, this is a discussion that Paul and I have often, and that's sustainability with these invite like pro events with prize money. Yeah, you have to be able to sustain giving so much money away. I mean, in order to give money away, that money has to come from somewhere, either through sponsorship. Yeah. We've spoken about this. Very we much probably would have taken the two hundred fifty k and divided it up across three to five years. That way, at least you're actually getting some momentum with the event. You've got some history where you can take to potential um, investors or sponsors and you can then start generating more cash flow for the event. Yeah, look, I probably would have taken that quarter of a mil and spent some money on trying to improve the actual competition visual. You know, the platform, just the whole competition experience as well. That wouldn't have cost too much money. No, you could have spent, you know, I don't know. 
50 grand. grand. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> um, because I think at the end of the day, the standard of those invite-only meets and even even local meets these days, some of them are insane, I right? mean, the expectation, expectation is very high. There is a high expectation now based on um, other meets around the world, you know, in terms of the quality of the meet. So when people go to a sort of an invite-only or pro-invitational or something like that... They expect next level. Yeah, they expect next level. You know, they expect plenty well, of equipment in the warm area. standards, that's for sure. Well, they do expect a platform that doesn't um, trampoline on them. But nevertheless, I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, Gracie and the crew there will sort it out for next year. Um, and, and like I said, day two, it seems to be sorted out anyway. Yep. But I'm, I've got some results in front of me, Paul. I've, I've sort of printed out the top 10... Um, lifters from open powerlifting for the Kern US Open based on Wilkes and this is a combination of men and women um, look man I work up to watch the ladies 56 kilo and 60 kilo class and Mariana is ridiculous I watched her squat 260 and to be honest I reckon she probably I reckon she had 270 there I honestly do. I did. I did see it, and you know, walked out very controlled. I mean, even her descent controlled. Even her when she came up, it came up. Yeah, it was it wasn't a rocket much of a sticking sticking point there. You know. I mean, if you just wow. sort of take a step back, this is a 56 kilo female. Incredible. I'm pretty sure she beat the all-time 56 kilo men's squat record as well. That's what the commentators were saying. Wow. I mean, even if you look at our record board in the gym in the 75s, Yani. Yanni, our record board in the gym is pretty good as well. Yanni squatted 250 at 75 kilos, and he's a man. He's a Greek god. I mean, take that into some perspective. 260, it it's like 4.7 times body weight. I'm going to make a big call. I'm going to say that's the best squat ever by anyone. Wow. I mean, think about it. She's a female. 4.7 times body weight squat with kilos left in the tank. That's just unheard of and she even went 720 on her Wilkes and she even walked it out I mean <laughs> I mean 720 Wilkes that if you we go back five years the 720 Wilkes if we had said that was ever going to happen we would have said you're dreaming yeah. I still think that they probably need a different formula for this but that's yeah another, look it is yeah uh, absolutely look we could yeah. probably do a whole podcast on formulas but yeah we're using Wilkes so let's talk about Wilkes but yeah, Mariana squatted 260, benched 132 and a half, so over double body weight on her bench press, and 220 kilo deadlift for a 612 and a half kilo total at 56. So she's gone way over 10 times body weight here, man. Almost 11 times body weight. Crazy. What the hell? <laughs> that is scary. Look, and um, you know, number two was Steffi Cohen, um, also in the 56 kilo class, and Steffi is a great lifter and. She got outshunned by Mariana by 32 and a half kilos, man. That's that's crazy. Um, you know, I mean, Steph squatted 230, bench 110, and deadlifted 240, and just under 700 Wilkes 298. kilo deadlift, man. I know. That is excellent. I mean, it's Steph... beyond excellent. Steph is definitely a favorite amongst the ladies, and a lot of the g girls, even in our gym, rant and rave and love Steffi Cohen. Um, you know, I, I guess people look up to those that are sort of at the top of their game at the end of the day and sort of want to emulate, in a way, their um, success. But um, two fantastic lifters. The 56 my favorite lifter, number three, coming in, Yuri Belkin. Look, Yuri definitely is, again, and this has been discussed on Facebook a bit, he's definitely one of the greatest of all time. Absolutely. Um, you know, lifters like Ed Cohen, Yuri Belkin, they're sort of once in a decade, once in two decade kind of lifter, you know? Yeah. Um, yes, even probably longer than that like 
once in a generation almost. I mean, Yuri weighed in 103.4 squatted 415, bench 230, deadlift to 400 for a 1,045 kilo total. So over 10 times body weight and again. And he's performed 1,000 kilo totals multiple times. I think six seven, times, six or seven list, times. I saw the list. Eight. So, I mean, that's very impressive. Crazy. And we're talking, you know, the under 110 kilo. No, here. We're not talking about a 180 kilo guy. Insane. Like, just an incredible lifter. And his technique actually is flawless. I mean, and, and all of his lifts are good as well. Like, real good. I mean, for me, his deadlift is like, He's bang on. A, a fantastic deadlift. So economical, efficient. It's, ju- it's just... You can tell the sign of... perfect. Uh, and you can tell the sign of a good lifter. Obviously, they're strong. But the other one is they're actually... They're good to watch. Yeah, that's right. You know? No. It's poetry in motion almost. Yeah, and also, like, it's that effortless look about the lift. Exactly. That, that's when, you know, someone has truly mastered a, a Big a time. Technique. You know, their technical yeah. proficiency is off the charts. Their level of mastery is next level. And Yuri is definitely one of those lifters. He's still only 28 years old. Plenty of years in the tank for Yuri. Fourth on the list from Australia, Cleo Van Wyck. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Cleo's first three lift for a while, I think. Yeah. I haven't, but um, I haven't seen She her. weighed in at 79.3, so in the 82.5 kilo class. Yep, man, Dude, she totaled 677.5 kilos. The yes. highest total from a female at the Kern US Open this year. Brilliant. That's a ridiculous total at 82.5. It squatted 255, benched 160, what? And deadlifted 262. That is some crazy-ass numbers, man. Cleo has been on the wow. sort of in, in the scene, so to speak, for a few years now. Um, and her numbers just continue to grow like crazy numbers. Um, but yeah, so that's they're, they're sort of the top, fo- top four. And then we have Laura Grow in seven. Yeah, we had five and six. Cody Blazek in uh, uh, spot five there, totaled 887.5 at 79.8. Think about that. 79.8, totaling 887.5. My God. It's crazy. I mean, if we go back five, six, seven years, Paul, and we look at the sort of the the, the records that at that time. was almost unfathomable. I mean, some, some of these results almost make me speechless. So, I mean, you way. go back five years and if we would have said these numbers would have been on this piece of paper in front of me, again, we would have said... You know, you would have said it would be impossible. No, no yeah. chance. Yeah. I mean, that would be like equipped numbers. Yes. It's crazy. I mean, that's how fast raw powerlifting is coming. I mean, people are really starting to hit the straps. It is insane. And man, I'm scared to see where the next one or two years is going to go. <laughs> uh, I mean... Every year you think can't possibly get much better Look, I think what will happen is eventually there will be a plateau in the turtles, but the depth will increase. So you'll have more competition on the platform. Yeah, I think that's the really exciting bit about powerlifting right now, like Paul said. I think what we'll see is a slowdown in the turtles, but what we're going to see is more people achieving those big turtles. So we're going to have a lot more comp- fierce competition. Correct, yeah. I think that's really when the sport's going to come into its own I a mean, bit there's more. going to be a point where the turtles plateau. I mean... There has to be, surely. Yeah, I mean, this is just how this is just how it works, <laughs> man. But it's crazy. But it's it's definitely interesting to see where it's going. Jason Legrand in six total a thousand at one hundred seven point six. Um, wow. Look, a thousand kilo total is nothing to be shy of, man. That's a fantastic Hell total. No. Only twenty five years old as well. Squatted four hundred, um, uh, benched two twenty two and a half, pulled three seventy seven and a half for a thousand. So crazy. fantastic total by Jason. Um, in number seven, the Australian Laura Scrow, very mm-hmm. um, popular Australian powerlifter here yeah. in the 60 Who kilo class. Also won the 60 kilo class. Did Laura win the 60s? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yes. She did indeed, yes. Pretty sure she did. Yes, she um, did. Look, fantastic lifter. Weighed in at 58.5. Squatted 210. Benched 112 and a half. And de- deadlifted 195 for 517 and a half. Um, awesome lifting. I mean, I mean, some of these girls are doing insane numbers. Yeah, I think, I think Laura said she was slightly disappointed with her squats. Um, I've only got sort of their, their best squat bench yeah, deadlift yeah, on yeah, paper. Yeah. I don't have the full results. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm not sure what happened. Yeah. But, what I mean, Laura... If you are listening to this, 210 kilos is a fantastic squat. No shit. So, so uh, head up, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, girl. <laughs> um, yeah, fantastic effort, Laura. Congratulations. And number eight, Ashley Garcia, in the 75s, totaled 600. What? That's crazy. Incredible lifting. Chad Penson in number nine. 26 years old, totaled 872.5 at 82.3. He's gone over 10 times body weight and only finished ninth overall. (laughs) What? Crazy. (laughs) That's insane. Um, In uh, 10th spot, I hope I uh, I pronounced this correctly, Kayla Woolham in the 100 kilo class, weighed in at 97.1, totaled 946. I mean, obviously, that's a great total. No shit. That's insane to finish 10th. Man, there's some really good lifting at Kern US Open this year. Like, oh, man. There was a really, lot of really just good. crazy strong and lifters. Then the, and then, uh, so we're going to talk about the other two Australians. We'll talk about Michelle last. Um, Jessica Zakowski finished 21st overall, but I'm pretty sure she finished third in the 50. She bronze in the 56-kilo ladies nice. from memory. Weighed in at 55.5. I watched Jess's um, squats. Um, she did, from memory, miss her second... As the um, Michelle, but made it on her yeah. third. So she squatted 185, benched 87 and a half, and deadlifted 192 and a half for a 465 kilo total. Awesome effort, Jess. Congratulations. Um, and we're going to talk probably a little bit more about Michelle only because she's our lifter, and so we know sort of a lot more about her preparation, where she's come from, you know, the preparations leading up to Kern, and sort of what's happening in the future. But Michelle's been with us for a couple of years now, and mm-hmm. came from a CrossFit background, so she already had some experience with with the barbell. Oh, obviously. Yep. Um, you know, so she, the thing about Michelle is she's just gutsy. She's well, I mean, her training ethic is second to none. Obviously, very, very good with her nutrition. Bang on with her nutrition. Bang on with her nutrition. And like you said, extremely gutsy lifter. Yeah. Will not put the barbell down. It's basically nah. do or die. Almost. Yeah. And Paul and I talk about the three pillars of strength being nutrition, training and sleep. Basically Re- recovery. recovery. Yeah. Um, and when and most lifters well, will sort of get many people talk about this. Not yeah, many sorry. <laughs> yeah, many people yeah. do. But this is something that Paul and I do um, like to talk about a lot. Of course. Because at the end of the day, those three elements when combined and when they work together, you get outstanding results correct most people are good at one maybe two of those things Mm -hmm. and what separates those elite lifters or those lifters that seem to be doing really well making awesome progression is they bang on nail all three Three. of those Mm -hmm. they've got their nutrition dialed in their training is dialed in their recovery is dialed in they're sleeping well they're eating right Mm-hmm, they're keeping exactly. their stress levels down. They're drinking the nu- enough water. They're getting all the supplements and vitamins and all the minerals they need in order to s- sustain that recovery. And you know, because really getting strong is an easy process. It's kind of just very difficult. To be honest with you, I mean, most people can come into the gym and train, even train hard. Correct. What most people most people's downfall is there you know, th- those external stresses, that recovery, and also Big the time. nutrition component. 
Look, there's some external stress that aren't, you know, everyone's got responsibilities in life. So there's work-related stresses, relationship stresses. Those stresses are going to come up. They'll manifest in training. They'll manifest in your results. But they can be managed. They They can can be managed. And if, if if you have the willpower, if you want to get to where you want to get to yep. you know you will find a way yep. and, and this is when we talk about to. sort of goals um, and really a goal exists to keep you motivated in order to achieve those goals so the more motivated you are to achieve those goals the more the harder you're going to work and really it comes down to commitment you actually have to commit yourself there's no point having a goal and not putting in the commitment you have to want it bad. And a lot of the lifters that sort of get all those three components working together, they're the ones that have that level of commitment that are just... Well, it's unparalleled. Yeah, unparalleled. Like just, they get everything working together and that's why they get amazing results. That's why they're the ones that we're talking about. All of these lifters, I guarantee, are doing all the right things in training, with their nutrition, their recovery. um, And that's why they're outstanding lifters. And so Michelle has that about her. She really has all those things nailed. Yep. She looks after her body. She makes sure she's eating correctly. And also, I mean, she's got many, many years of powerlifting in her still. Yes. And so her progress, for example, her next comp is going to be the GBC Nationals yep. as well, um, which we spoke about yesterday will likely be her last comp for the year because she's obviously done a few comps this year. Well, it's kind of up in the air at the moment. So we've had we've actually um, had quite a, f- a good run of, of meets with, with Michelle, you know, Perth Cup, um, States, now Kern, and then in six or seven weeks, we've got GPC Nats. So... It is time to sort of... Um, I think time to go back to basics. It definitely is time to sort of yeah. go back to some um, mental cleansing, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Because you can get a little bit burnt out from comp after comp. So I think I just want to settle her back into some um, just some general prep work and yeah. start going back to some technical-based building, some strength-based building before we then transition yeah. her into her next meet. Um, because and most lifters struggle with this and understanding that the meet day is really... And Thomas Lilly is, uh, says this really well, and I've stolen his line here. He says, um, you know, your competition is an expression of the strength that you have developed and built in your general prep work, which is absolutely, absolutely. true. That's why it's called a realization phase. Correct. And that's why it's re- term trans- a transmutation or realization phase. But it's an expression of the strength that you have built. And if you're spending too, many, too much time in those pre-competitive phases, always going, jumping from comp to comp, you don't get to spend enough time building. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where we are with Michelle at the moment. I'm not sure if she's going to be lifting in the GPC or the APU going forward, mm-hmm. and that's something for her and I to discuss when she gets back. Um, but, yeah, beside the point, she had a fantastic meet. Going into this meet, she her best total was 427.5, which she did at the state championships earlier in, in March this year. Look, traveling is always very difficult. You're, going, you're traveling to a different hemisphere, a different time zone, different platform, different people around you. So it can be a little bit stressful. Um, I've competed myself overseas and it was quite difficult. Um, but Michelle actually did a fantastic job. We PB'd her squat, her, her competition squat. She, mm-hmm. she squatted 160, opened with 150, missed 157 and a half on her second due and to then, depth. And then, and then we made the option yep. to ju- jump to 160 only because why the fuck not? Yeah, We're there. The one th- she definitely had the two and a half kilos in her. It didn't make a difference to her um, placing anyway. Mm-hmm. So she actually made the 160, two whites, one red. Um, so congratulations Michelle on the PB squat that's awesome she benched 80 kind of struggled on the day with the bench that's kind of hit her the most Um, she did struggle with the weight cut um, for Kern Um, and look some of that might come down to obviously the flight the water retention and then you know dealing with a different city and a different country and the stresses of all that Um, so only managed uh, 
80 on the bench. Her best bench today, it's been 85. Missed it twice. Mm-hmm. And then on the deadlift, uh, 170 opener, missed 180 on a second. She just lost the bar, just drifted away from her a little bit, put her in a bad position and wasn't able to recover. And then grinded out 180 on her third to total 420 at 55.7. So only seven and a half kilos off her personal best. But to be honest, I think 420 is an excellent result. Absolutely. Uh, for traveling. So Michelle, congratulations on your performance. Honestly, um, it is a really, really good total. I think it's also worth congratulating Alex as well um, yes Michelle's husband for going over there and handling her so um, yeah this is a, did a great job so basically what happened in sort of that last five or six weeks um, I know obviously normally you wrap Michelle for her squats we had Alex come in I taught him how to wrap her I watched him wrap her we made sure he was doing it correctly and so he had been wrap, wrapping her for about five or six weeks before yep. the comp um, he did a great job from what I can tell and in the gym he did really well and so congratulations also to Alex so the Hewlett um, team there pulling Absolutely. it together for 420 well done so well done Michelle and that experience at Kern for Michelle is going to be um, so valuable going Absolutely. forward she's going to come back to Perth and do a local meet even if it's a state championship and it's going to just going to help take the pressure off her a bit because she gets some perspective when you kind of have that perspective in, in life it kind of makes things sort of um, you know a lot easier to handle it's, sport is the pro- progression in sport is really important you know, it obviously keeps you motivated to then achieve more, but it also means that then you can deal with other meets that maybe aren't as big, um, much better, so you can perform better. And this yep. is what makes a fantastic lifter, right? Yeah. You see them on comp day; they just seem to be calm, cool, calm, and collective, and get the job done. Um, they don't over-energize. They don't waste energy. They just get on with the job. Well, they're well planned. They have a good plan. Absolutely. They put it into action. Exactly. So, congratulations to Michelle. So that's kind of a bit of a small wrap-up of Kern US Open in terms of, and mainly talking about the Australian lifters there in the sort of the top 10. But overall, not a bad meet. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens next year and see how much support the meet gets. But I think they're all sort of on the right path, hopefully, and hopefully we can see bigger and better things coming out of the Kern US Open in 2020. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Yep. Anything more to add on that, Paulie? No, not really. That's about it. That's about it. Okay, uh, the next topic of conversation is going to be the new... I, I say well, new, but it's, it. this has been going on for two years. I know, man. I know. I say new, but Paul and I first got involved in this movie in June 2017. Yes. It's been a while. So the West Side versus the World documentary is actually due for release on iTunes on May the 7th, 2019. The Kickstarter backers will start receiving their digital downloads, I think... Th- the week before mm-hmm. and for and obviously we're one of so them so very soon very very soon um, I and can't wait to get my shoes I think the actual apparel is going to be a little bit late that's fine that's uh, fine um, look Michael Fahey has done a fantastic job with this film it has definitely been in the spirit of West Side <laughs> yeah, so to speak that's so true um, it's literally taken him two years from sort of when the Kickstarter opened roughly to now to it's actually to get this release yeah. out. The main stumbling block in there was the issue that Michael had with um, the one of his partners stealing all the money for like, the Kickstarters put up, <laughs> which sort of inhibited Michael then releasing the film. So he had to spend some time recuperating money, basically. Of course. So he's at the point now where he's obviously managed to seal the distribution deal 
Um, and May 7th, it all happens, man. Really looking forward awesome. to it. I went over to the US last year for the Arnold. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, back up a little bit. So Paul and I got involved um, through the Kickstarter. So we, we chose and we took on board the executive producer level, yep. the highest level in the Kickstarter, um, which means that Paul and I and Ruchi's Jim are the executive producers of the film, which is really exciting for us. One of the reasons we did this was because it's this is a documentary about the sport that we love. I also think it's it's going to be a one-off opportunity. Yeah, it's definitely not something that's going to happen it's, all the it's time. It's probably not going to come up again. Not for a very long time. <laughs> so unless Michael decides to make, to a make another movie. <laughs> <laughs> but look, it's something that we wanted to get involved in because we do love the sport of powerlifting and we do love to get involved in projects or competitions that we feel help push the sport forward because at the end of the day, um, it's up to us as gym owners and, and promoters of powerlifting to help um, continue the growth of the sport and so if we can get involved in projects like this um, it means that we're trying to do our bit to make that happen obviously it's a collective effort between oh, yeah, of course. many many people of course absolutely yeah, but we're just trying to do our bit and uh, you know this is a bit of a call out to everyone involved in powerlifting get involved in the sport as much as you can whether it's just even if it's volunteering at a local meet um, if you're if you're a business that's sort of in the sport sponsoring events yep um, there's many ways you can get involved to help keep pushing the sport forward, right? Um, but this film is going... is I mean, I've, I flew to Ohio, Columbus for the Arnolds last year and for the world premiere of Westside versus the World where I got to meet all the cast. I got to meet Louis Simmons. I went to Westside. I got to see the morning crew train, which was fucking crazy. Um, and I'm sure that was only sort of a taste of what Absolutely. goes on at Westside. But I and got you to didn't train, which I find disappointing. Well, at the time I was, I had the hip injury. Yeah, I had my, enough. I've got a, an issue with my my left uh, hand. Louis would have put you in labrum. a sort of a multi a multiply bench shirt. He would have had you benching like I, I hadn't been training pounds, for about six hundred pounds. I hadn't been training probably for about six months, and I was weighing about eighty eight kilos, and I felt yeah. like I didn't lift. So um, <laughs> I didn't really want to train. Do you even? But it was really good to go in there and sort of get a taste for how things work. I had a really good conversation with um, uh, with Dave Hoff. He's a really cool dude. Really passionate about the sport. Um, and he really gave me an insight on, as to how sort of things work there in terms of the morning crew, the night crew. Um, and the movie goes into this a little bit as well. Uh, and yeah, so the movie does. does elaborate on a lot of how Westside works from an internal perspective that you wouldn't get... Um, you, you know, you're going to get information from the movie or an insight um, you wouldn't get anywhere else. And that's what's awesome about this movie. It gives you a real insight onto how it operates, how it works. Oh, look, I love I loved learning about the characters and the relationships and the networks. Um, you know, and just there's all these little stories interwoven in the movie that all come together at it's the end. It's brilliant. You yeah. know, Ron Perlman is the narrator. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's put together really well. The biggest thing I liked about this movie is, like you said, Paul, is that you got to see the human factor. Yes. You got to see how Louis Simmons and Westside as an engine affected people's lives, affected their lives. And that, for me, was a real touching thing, you know. Um, towards the end of the movie, man, there's people tearing oh, up. That's what I was going to say. There wasn't a dry you know, eye in the house. And when I, and this is no, no fucking word of a lie, when I was at the world pr movie premiere... And, and sort of that the last bit I won't I won't obviously give too much away yeah. <laughs> when we walked out of the cinema man those West Side guys they were teary you know and that was really cool because it, it just shows how much the gym means to them and how much powerlifting means to them how much Louis means to them 
Um, and the movie is really good at depicting this. Yeah. I think if you haven't seen this movie, you should definitely um, watch it either through iTunes or we even have a screening here in Perth this Thursday, May the 2nd at Junelup Grand Cinemas. Um, tickets are on sale now through Eventbrite or you can contact us for tickets. Um, honestly, this what time m- is it? movie is awesome. 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Really good movie. I c- honestly can't say... It actually, it was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. Now, one thing I do want to bring up is when we had the original premiere here in the gym, where we set up the gym as a, as a cinema, which was amazing, by That the was way. sick. It was so good. Um, we were actually watching the director's cut. Yes. So when we had the Australian premiere here at Ruchi's Gym, we were actually watching the director's cut. So what basically that means is there was a lot, there was more content that hadn't been edited out yet because the movie was a little bit long and also the sound hadn't been cleared uh-huh, up yet. Uh-huh. So it was a little, some parts were a little bit hard, hard to hear. To hear yep. Now, obviously now the movie's finished. So the movie's about 20 minutes shorter from mm-hmm. the director's cut um, and all the sound has been cleared up. So it's a lot easier to hear. All the credits are in. It's, it's a finished movie. It's a finished product. So I'm really looking to forward to see how Michael sort of wrapped this up. Yeah, I am as well. Um, so I'm interested to see what those 20 minutes will do. How, how will that will impact the actual feel of the movie? Well, I think Michael's job is to edit in a way that removing parts... The, the decisions he makes into, as to what parts he removes will... Enhance you know, the movie. Exactly. Or yep, take yep. things out that don't necessarily need to be there or don't add to the plot, yeah, okay, so to speak. Yep, yep. But look, man, I'm really looking forward to he's it. He's also added in some new footage. Yes, there is some well. new footage. I think he's added in new footage from um, Dave Hoff's... Um, yeah, when he pushed 3010... <laughs> The one where he pushed Louis over in there. Perhaps. I hope he's added that in, man. That was so funny. I think he has. Um, but look, there's interviews that in the movie from, obviously, Louis Simmons. Dave Tate's in there from Elite FTS. We've got Mark Bell. Ed Cohen's in there. Obviously, Dave Hoff. Matt Wenning. John Wilborn. Brandon Lilly. Laura Phelps is in there. AJ Roberts. Larry Pacifico. Um, Joey Batson. And Buddy Morris. There's a lot of uh, interviews you know, that go, sort of go through their experience at Westside. Look, man, I can't say enough about this movie. It really was awesome. Regardless of whether you like West Side or not, um, you will love this movie because this movie is about powerlifting. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. Also, you know? I will also say, you know, you may dislike West Side, but you damn well respect them. Oh, 100%. You know, so I think there's something in this movie for everybody. Big time. And something that I learned that I picked up when I was there and something that from the movie uh, and this is one of the quotes as well is you don't train Westside until you're at Westside mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people training Westside conjugate which is fantastic but that only sort of graphs part of what training Westside is all about yep. and when you they go into sort of the training groups the morning session the night session um, you get an understanding of what training at Westside means or even may mean <laughs> um, you know, so look, awesome movie. Looking forward to the release. Paul and I are really super proud to be the executive producers of this film. It's something that, um, you know, having our name on a film like this about powerlifting, um, it, it sort of goes down in the history book, so to speak. And we just love having our name on it. It was such a buzz for me to see my name on the iTunes store. That was cool. That was cool. That's cool. Also, it's really cool, obviously, when the movie starts, Dave Hoff is um, warming up. 
Oh, that's good. And sort of, you know, uh, the, all the names the of the producers and, and, and our names come up and, 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 and Rucci's even Rucci's gym. gym comes up. Um, that is a real buzz. I love that. And um, just to be involved in this movie, it, yeah. uh, you're super proud, man. Yeah. Um, you know, so look, it's out on uh, May 7th on iTunes. It will be out on streaming platforms. Um, it's obviously pay-per-view first streaming platforms and then it will hit things like Netflix after. I mean, I was actually surprised that a lot of other people didn't come out to the first premiere that we had. Yeah, look, you know, it's a funny one. Obviously, people think, you know, they, they're Kickstarter backers, so they'll get the digital download or they'll just get it off iTunes. But what I love about things like this is it does attempt to bring the sport of powerlifting together and break down those bullshit barriers that are out there, you know? Um, and that's what we I'll, could have a few podcasts talking about this. <laughs> we could, but what's the point? <laughs> nah, there's no point. But what I love about powerlifting and what I would love to see is all those barriers being brought down. Oh, we talk about this all the time. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, that's and this kind of happens in every sport and every sort of walk of life as well, where you have this. Um, you know, look at boxing or look at other sports, fighting, mm-hmm. any sort of fighting discipline where you have you know multiple federations, you have all that kind of bullshit going on. Um, but look, it is what it is. This film is fantastic. I still think we can have multiple federations without the bullshit. We can. We just don't need 400 federations. <laughs> anyway, that's another another topic of discussion. Guys, I think we are going to wrap it up. Um, that's sort of a, a sort of our cut on, We're the, on the movie. We just lifted weights. We are just lifting weights from A to B. It's got nothing to do with C. Yeah, and if you are going <laughs> from A to B to C, you're doing it wrong. So... I guess what Paul and I really love about the sport of powerlifting is, is it is a team sport played by individuals and it's something that we talk about a lot. It brings people together in a way that other sports sometimes just don't um, achieve, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I think part of, the, part of it as well is it's such a high-intensity sport and so the energy levels are like just through the roof. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it when like I've got you wrapping my knees, Thunderstruck comes on. This is, this is a warm-up. Not a warm-up, but like a, you know, say... Um, this is just a, a Saturday night for us. Yeah, it's a Saturday night. <laughs> Thunderstruck comes on. It's like this, the Bose system in here is cranking. Yep. There's people standing around the mono. Paul's wrapping my knees. There's, I'm losing blood to my legs. I stand up. <laughs> I snap my belt. I get under the bar and you just squat that fucking weight and everyone's around and it's just... Yeah. And for There's a split nothing else second, like you it. cannot hear anything. <laughs> and for a split second, you're kind of the center of the world, yeah. you know, where everyone's attention is on you, and everyone gets to experience that because we all. But everyone's squatting with you. That's, Correct. That's what's, that's what's yeah. great about it. Oh, it's just nothing. There's nothing like it, man. Yeah. You know, um, part of competing for me is enjoying the, especially that last three or four weeks leading up to the meet, oh, where everyone absolutely. comes together yeah. more so than other times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, look, that's sort of a bit of a wrap on the Kern US Open and Westside versus the world. And other things thrown in. And yeah, we threw <laughs> a few other things in there. Maybe some ideas for some podcast topics. Yeah. Um, but look, that's pretty much it. Paul and I have some shit to do. It's 11.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. Let's get this podcast out today. And the next podcast, I think I made a note, is going to be about... Man, I can't remember. I just wrote it down before. I'll make sure that I put it in the when I pop when I post to Facebook. I'll make sure I put a, a put comment in there on what the next podcast is going to be about. But if you love the podcast, love hearing Paul and I talk some shit, please subscribe, please rate, please share it with your friends. Keep tuning in, and if you have any ideas or questions for topics, please uh, let us know. 
we're happy to um, sort of take some um, you know feedback Absolutely. so to speak good bad good bad or otherwise we'll leave it at that we'll speak to you guys later have a great day everyone have a great day see you on the next podcast absolutely see you guys ciao thanks for listening to the Ruchi Strengthcast be sure to subscribe to join us on the journey and for more information visit ruchisgym.com